Welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On this week's episode, we're talking about the final season of Bates Motel with star Freddie Highmore and executive producer Carrie Aaron. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, Variety's Executive Editor of TV. And I'm Michael Schneider, Editor-at-Large at Variety. And it's our pleasure to welcome Carrie Aaron and Freddie Highmore of Bates Motel. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. We feel like we're on your talk, talk show. show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what we've been pitching. And I feel like we should pitch it now so everyone gets to choose whether or not they want the we Mike and go. Deb yes. well, we mornings say, with Mike and Deb. Yeah. <laughs> we should say uh, uh, in, in our break room, there's a view of a massive billboard for season five. And of course, it's a shot of you, Freddie, in, in Vera Farmiga's lap. And mm-hmm. of course, she's in that. She's not looking poor, so good. Not, well, well, she's, she's looking, looking great. She's looking she's great, great, actually. Yeah, as a, for a dead person. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's the right amount of Spoiler intrigue. Alert. and Well, Hopefully exactly. people saw by now. <laughs> yeah, by now, we should know. But the right amount of intrigue and creepiness and excitement for this final season. Mm-hmm. We, it's all happening now. This, this is it. This is leading to the story that everyone knows. Are you ready to say goodbye? No. I know we've just finished filming the last, the last season, and it feels odd. That's what I was, I was saying earlier. I just think it, if, if it's grief now that the show is over, I'm definitely still in the denial phase of thinking, oh, it's not actually... <laughs> The, the sadness, I think, will come at a later point. Yeah, it feels very much alive somehow that we'll all be going back and doing it again soon, even if that's not the case. Well, Carrie, how does it feel for you? I sort of pre-grieve things, so I've I've been preparing for like two years for the show to be over. So, in a certain respect, like it's fine, you know, it had to end. But 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 it was. I think the funny thing about it was how it's. You expect it to end like in a, some huge way, and and it just ends. Like it's like the day of filming is done, and you kind of hug people and you say goodbye, and yeah. you, and you go. And so, and that part of it doesn't feel real. It feels like um, there need to be fireworks or something because now I feel like we're just going to go back. Well, the good news is you'll, you'll have a lot of time uh, promoting the show and, and yeah. getting together for that. And, of course, uh, when the, the series finale actually happens, I'm sure there'll be a round of, of gatherings that you all can yeah. grieve properly when the <laughs> yeah. time comes. The funeral also, though, of I sorts. Mean, like it's, and this is very true for, for Freddy, too. It's, like a, it's a world that I've lived in in my head. For for six years, like it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that mm. aspect of it, I think, is partly why it doesn't feel so final. And, and the, the physicality, sorry, no, the, just the physicality of being on set one day and then literally the next day you sort of return to say goodbye to people in the state. You know, the house had been ripped down and out in Alder Grove where there's the exterior. Again, it's like yeah. the roof was off and they had this big digger just literally like smashing down the Go motel. The it's oh, like, they didn't leave it there? No, no. it was like 12, the 12 hours day. later. They started taking it down. <laughs> and we're wow. like, what do you mean? It's, it's going. It's not cold yet. I know. <laughs> Well, that was a little hard. All the furniture ripped out. Yeah, it was Not really sad. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys take anything from the set? Yeah. What'd you take? I took stupid stuff. Yeah, you had the smallest things. I did. I, took, I wanted actual items from the house. Like, there's this green tray that's in the living room that I remember just watching during every one of those, like, super intense scenes in the living room. So I really wanted that to put in my kitchen. I don't know why. And oh. I took some 
some photos and I've some got the manager's things. badge which I think is my favourite prop of Norman's um, <laughs> and some version of his manager's jacket yeah. so maybe I, you know, I'll just check people in at home and it'll yeah. be great I'll what? still be <laughs> one of her dresses yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say the relationship, I want to get back to Base Motel, but the relationship between the two of you isn't over yet. You've got another project you're working on. You want to talk yeah. about that? Uh, go ahead. Yes. No, it's exciting. That's. I guess that's also what keeps us um, feeling optimistic that this isn't the end. Not only just for the two of us working together, but everyone on. We have such a great crew and we in do. Vancouver. You just think, let's all stay together. But uh, it's a project called Babyface, which is based on the life of Babyface Nelson, the Depression-era gangster. So that should be that should be fun if that ends up going. We're just working on the... This week, actually, we're finishing working up the story. the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a romance, basically, set in a... It's a love story set in, a, in that era, um, and it's tonally... It's tonally a lot of fun. Well, it seems like a good uh, jumping-off point after, uh, you know, F- Freddie, for you, this this was an uh, opportunity, uh, Bates Motel, to mm-hmm. write some scripts and, and to direct, yes. right? So so talk about sort of getting your chops wet uh, working <laughs> uh, with Carrie on, on Bates. Yeah, I mean, Carrie's, like, you know, the best person i've only i say this i've only worked on bates motel as a t- you know one television show but i can't imagine anyone better than carrie to you know run the writer's room and lead the entire team and so i was just lucky to be a part of the of the writing um in seasons four and five and yeah i'm just you know grateful to have it i guess it came out of this desire to want to be involved in the wider process and everyone had it really with Bates. i mean nesta's directed so wonderfully max also directed an episode this season uh, in season five and everyone cared so much about the show i mean that's what what it sort of stemmed from for me is wanting to be involved beyond just acting because you feel like you want to contribute you don't want to just go home and and let it be in between every season you want to live inside yeah and everyone had that sense of that same desire to want to you know have as much uh, input as they and offer their opinions as much as they could yeah and i think i read somewhere that uh, a lot of your your uh, co-stars uh, appreciated your script because you know as as an actor you knew exactly sort of what would be a you know a juicy scene or a, <laughs> how they could have some fun chewing uh, chewing the scenes but, well that's nice to hear yeah that like um no it's always I guess perhaps do you think I write differently because you're an actor? You see it in a different way, or well, no, I think it's because you're smart. Smart first, actor second. Yeah, but Freddie has always, from day one, like w- if he had a question about a scene, it was so intelligent and it was so he he understands scene structure for someone who's never you know studied it or written mm-hmm. before, you know, but it, but. It, He's been doing it since he was seven. So it's like, you know, you learn scenes, you take them apart. But he really understood it. And if he had, he would say, like, well, I don't understand why this is here and shouldn't it be leading to this? And he, he was always right. And and there's not, like, that many notes, like I would say, like, yeah. that, that come up on the scripts because we're really careful with them, you know. But he's smart. Talk about your approach. I know you'd say, you had said from the beginning that you knew where this season was going to end. Did it end up where you thought it was going to all along? Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to, trying to, trying to, <laughs> yeah. What can you say without spoiling? I mean, yeah. it's 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 fun to intersect and go past the psycho world this year. Yes, that's true. I'm thinking more about the end, though. Those 
sort no, of like that. Even yeah, the approach of writing it. Whole no, season, season itself, the approach of writing it. Um, it was very much about about answering the end of last season, which is what is the, what does a world look like that you're completely conjuring up out of your own body and energy um, and brain, um, and you know, just the, to, the our goal is to tell a real story about someone who believes he's living with his mother, um, and when in fact the mother is dead, but make her very real so that you care about the relationship, just as he would, you know? Um, and people often throughout the year would, it was funny because I, I can't tell you how many times, like when you're talking to a director or a like executive, whatever it is, how many times I would hear, um, but but she's not real. Why is she doing this? <laughs> and 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 that's that's the part you have to let go of. She is real to him, so you have to be on the ride with him. And that was always the goal: is to care about everything as much as he did, um, and maintain sympathy and empathy for him. You know. Well, someone's making the food and, and helping him carry those bodies, so... <laughs> yes. And you kind of have to, like... Yeah, I mean, there's a part of you that wants to dissect all of those individual moments about... So he's eaten breakfast, but what did he really have for breakfast? Or what did he... Which is interesting to a certain point, but it's it, it wasn't necessarily about those, like, specifics of day-to-day life. It's more about the emotional journey that Norman and, and his mother... Um, go on during the season and in a way what was great about about the way sort of Kerry saw it and and oversaw the writing on every on everything is it didn't get bogged down in in details there were specifics and the relationship is so specific at points but it's more about this you know wider sense of who they are as opposed to it being it's driven by character yeah mm-hmm. As opposed to sort of specific incidents that after a while would become tired if it's this sort of imaginary world. It's not... It's Everybody not the, wanted rules yeah. for Mother. But there was, was no... Like, and, and, that's and, too much, yeah. Yeah, it was very much against rules for yeah. her. Because you're, when you're crazy, there's no rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Craziness is not linear. It's, yeah. you know, it's all over the fucking place. <laughs> that makes sense. So what challenges did that present for you as an actor? How did you approach it? Because it feels like you were in your own kind of space, certainly as as we saw in the first couple of episodes of the season. Yeah, what I like about the particularly the beginning of season five from Norman's perspective is this duality to his personality, the side that he presents. And we see that in, in Psycho, in the movie, you know, the this, this sort of very warm, perhaps a little odd, but very friendly, charming, charming manager. Um, and he's able to present that sort of vision to the world and puts on his manager's badge and with a smile and sort of comes down and checks people in and then goes back <laughs> into the house and this sort of changes and has this completely other life going on and how he's juggling with maintaining, keeping up the facade of how he presents himself to the town and to um, Madeline uh, in particular. And then when he goes home, how things are very are very different and the tables have, have turned. And he's keeping very careful notes about his blackouts. He's trying. That's what's sort of heartbreaking about it is. Norman's journey this season is he's trying to be good. He's trying to find... He's, he's trying to, to make it up. work and be grown up and, you know, you just sort of think, well, it can, you know, it's drowning. never going to be... Yeah. yeah. Tries to work out when he blacks out so he can control it. He's seeking control all the time in a situation that just becomes... Yeah. Uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd be curious what your uh, conversations were like with with the network and studio when you first told them that okay, we are we're it's time we're we're killing off Norma. It's it's happening, and we still have more story to tell next season. And, and uh, you know, Carlton and I felt so strongly about it. I think we presented a very. Um, I mean, I think I think there was a question of. Are you sure this is the... T- but we were pretty sure. Yeah. Because we wanted room to do this season and to really have it... To, to have it be able to intersect with Psycho because it felt appropriate to go through that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, toward the end. Yeah. So maybe it was Vera who had the biggest question of, okay, so what am I doing exactly. <laughs> well, I Yeah, no, I know. Vera is, Vera is so... She's such a she's such a team player, and she's just has the greatest attitude. Um, and she actually really enjoyed playing mother this year, um, which was really fun. Mother, she looks like mother she's is a fun. funny character. Yeah. She's a fun and funny character. She's completely different this season. She is. I mean, she's she's um, she sort of has qualities of Norma, but she also is can just slip into this completely amoral cold space but that's also quite funny so it's it's a real it's a real fun balance she's she's kind of seamlessly mercurial i would say oh yeah there, uh, there's there's a moment in the the first episode back where she she's harping on norman's google search i mean i laugh out loud i would say like maybe four or five times every episode in editing because vera's just so funny in this part because the character is like a smart ass you know she's funny She's brilliant. I love I love the scene in the Very dining dark. in the dining room dark. too, which is in the yeah. first episode. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of this whole it just so beautifully kind of sets up this new yeah. dynamic between the two of them. But there's just this underlying humor the whole time. Yeah, Norman's actually, you know, he's <laughs> eating on his own, but but her well, niggling and her. The, I mean, yeah, the, the, and the ways in which mother now more than ever has that ability which Norma always had, but to a greater extreme to sort of turn mm-hmm. so immediately and from one emotion to another um, and playing with that sense of if she's not real we're still on the ride with her we still understand her but she can do certain things in a more heightened way or change scenes in the spur of the moment in the same way that if you think about it from sort of Norman's mind's perspective you're sort of toying with these conflicting emotions all the time and it's not necessarily a smooth journey from one to another um, in 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 the way that emotions develop in within real people interacting with each other, if that makes sense. But the thing, I mean, that was also a challenge with with writing Mother is that is to make her real, she had to want things, mm-hmm. right? She had mm-hmm. to have like motivation, and and if you consider that she was created in Norman's mind as a person to step out of him and protect him, and that's her job, and that's what she's always trying to do, but she's not. It's not like she has all the answers, you know what I mean? She's not God. She's like a person that lives in him. So she's trying to figure it out. And she often knows more than he does, but she doesn't know everything. Um, but just getting inside that like crazy <laughs> web of psychology was so much... It was, it was frustrating at times, but, but so rewarding, ultimately. Right, because there's that mystery of you know, how he happened upon that wallet in the first episode yeah. and trying to figure that out and unravel it. Yeah. You know, she knows the answer because he doesn't. Yeah. But- you know, but she doesn't know everything. Like right. she's she's feeling her way in the dark too, um, which is just—it's just super. I don't know that that whole like the the sort of bent psychology has just always been like a favorite thing of mine. Um, Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf is one of my all-time favorites. 
Um, and I've often thought of it during this show. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Talk to, I mean, I know you wanted to stay true to the world of Psycho, but not make this about the world of Psycho. So how do you strike that balance? What was it you were trying to go through in this final season? We were trying to, well, I mean, the primarily, first and foremost, we were trying to tell the last chapter of a story about a mother and a son and do justice to that story. Um, secondly, we wanted to tell the story of, um, you know, this isolation and someone trying to function in it and survive in it. And then thirdly, to to present, to kind of collide with Psycho, but not not... We didn't pull Bates Motel into Psycho. We pulled Psycho into Bates Motel. Mm -hmm. um, and we really wanted to have the stories kind of, like, run into each other, m intermingle, and, th and then have a culmination that was profoundly meaningful for Bates Motel, but still telling, telling um, some of the mythology of Psycho. That was our goal. And it was... It was, uh, we worked on a lot, but it's, it's, we're really happy with it. Very, very pleased. Yeah, I was going to say, because you had a lot more characters to service as well, so yeah. to, to, you know, find out what happens, you yeah. know. Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's Rihanna. There's, there's Rihanna. Uh, that <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah. It was, uh, it was quite an event, actually. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh. An event. Do Details, tell. please. Yeah. Details. I just, oh, no, no, no. Because our because our set is super low key normally. Yeah. You know, and it just became it just became like, you know, security badges and I don't know. It was just it was just everyone was very excited. You know, I mean, it just it was it was exciting. She was yeah. excited too. I mean, it's yeah. I just love the way that it came about because she, was it you and Carlton found that sort of sort of an article where she'd said how much she enjoyed watching the she show Bates and Italian. wanted to be and Carlton um, was like what if what if she did Marion Crane why didn't you do it um, so she was excited yeah. to be there it was nice that she had a real enthusiasm to be there no one was forcing her to be, <laughs> to be there <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh I've got to do this for a week yeah. or so well, you she know. was lovely she was, she was brilliant so is it the story of Marion Crane that we know or is it a variation on the story of Marion Crane it's a variation but it's it's um you know, there's there's the roots of the same of the story, you know, but it's a contemporary woman. It's a it's a woman with a little more edge than adorable Janet Lee, who I love. I'm yeah. not picking on her or anything, <laughs> 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 but like, so, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, this this Marion is a little more um, just a contemporary version. Well, you already have a lot of shower curtains. Uh, we do have a lot of shower curtains this season. <laughs> but there's a stack. I know. Yes. There's a stack yes. of shower I curtains. I know. And peepholes. Yes. Yeah. I love the peephole scenes. Peepholes, fun. They're so good. So creepy. That makes many appearances, yeah. And wigs. And wigs. wigs. I know. At the end of um, wigs and dresses. The end of two, right? Talk yeah, about putting uh, on that wig. It was very big the first time. You know, it's like, it was one of those, I don't know what they're called. A wig? No, but they're this special <laughs> type of, some type of wig, you know, like oh, some really? particular, uh, there's some, I don't know if it's a brand name or, anyway. And it sort of, the first time it was like this huge billowing thing. So we had to kind of cut it back quite a bit and make it sleeker. It looked very good, I And thought. then the dresses, the matching dresses too were fun to, when Vera and I would wear the same one. 
Um, although there's this polyester one that makes you sweat a lot. Yeah, I don't like polyester. Polyester. Either. I'll avoid no, those no. dresses in yeah. the future. Yeah. Fashion tips from Freddie Highmore. <laughs> well, the crew would be like, oh, he's not wearing the polyester one, is he? Oh, dear. No. <laughs> oh, Please no. take him out of that dress. Put, it, put the other one on. It's much lighter and less sweaty for everyone to be around. <laughs> Uh, which uh, which which episode did you write this season? What what number? The seventh. The seventh, the seventh so, one. So very close to to the end. So did you feel like you got to have your say, a, a part of sort of you know helping conclude this story, or or what was that like to sort of be there? It's so close to the end, sort of shaping what these characters were doing. I mean, it, all sort of writing, I guess, in the show is you have your. From being in the room, everyone pitches ideas on every single episode. So there's certainly, it's not like you go off and, you know, write your own thing and surprise everyone with a new twist that they have right. to then go and work <laughs> out. So in that way, it's pre-established. But it was, it was, uh, yeah, I feel lucky to have been involved in that one and directing the eighth one. Um, because it did feel so final and that everything was suddenly coming to you know, very quickly to the end. Yeah. And I guess it kept me busy too, which was good, so I didn't have too much time to think that it was all all ending so soon. You just keep on going, and then suddenly it's like, oh, this is it. This is we're done. And how much directing have you done? In this past? was the first This was the first, the one. first that's episode that's I directed. I yeah. So, so. And that's very good. Oh, well, Not a you. surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, again, genius, right? Yeah. So, so, um, I, the, the, the old uh, you know adage that uh, eventually every actor wants to direct was that something that you'd been sort of working toward and really wanted to do and, and uh, you finally were ready to do in this final season or what was that experience like? I think so yeah yeah I'd always had the um, I'd been intrigued by it and, and I think to a certain extent working on a television show you as an actor you find yourself leading more than on a film because directors I mean obviously we've got great directors who have come and done multiple shows and Tucker being the main one who's you know he must have done a third of all of the episodes or something by the end uh, but for the most but for part ones who come in and out there's a sense of of leadership that you know you have to take control of certain things and it's not you're getting to know the director and they're getting to know you and the material as much as anything because they have those sort of seven days of prep on a completely new show and then go off and shoot it and I guess that was what I felt fortunate is that I certainly knew the tone of the show and there wasn't a period of adjusting to what the show should be like or how scenes should feel because that was instinctive. So I guess it was a great place to learn in that way. I want to talk to you about the other characters who we really haven't talked about. Um, Norman's been keeping um, Norma's death a secret from poor Dylan. Yeah. So obviously it's going to have a lot of impact on when poor Dylan's going to find out. Um, well, I mean, part of, I think, the planning of this season was was about, at least in my head, was, was kind of like all roads lead to home. And, and everyone at the end of the fourth season had sort of scattered out for their various motivations. And, and the season was different ways that people are sort of pulled back in to the web um, and whether or not they survive the web. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> that, that, that feels ominous. <laughs> that does feel a little ominous. Come on. Come on. Norman's got a baby. I know. <laughs> Dylan and Emma seem so happy. They do. They have At a the baby. beginning of the season. They do. <laughs> At the beginning of the season. You always promised me that Emma was going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, the, the other thing that uh, you... So you bring on this, this new character in, in Madeline who looks mm -hmm. a lot 
like Norma. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, Dead Norma's, Dead Norma's not too happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know, there were many wigs that we all had Norma look like wigs this it season. Was a yeah. very happy <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, the, the, um, uh, character is a, a, a girl who's new. Um, to town who's married to a guy who has gone a lot and is lonely and um, kind of bonds with Norman but Norman is just fascinated by her because she reminds him so much of his mother um, and I think what was really interesting about that to me was that he doesn't know his mother's dad on some level but he feels this loneliness that he can't understand and so when he sees her it has this huge power over him because he's so lonely you know and it reminds him like with his mom and so that was just a really interesting idea and it was also a little nod to vertigo obviously yeah 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 wonderful little shout out <laughs> exactly and I've got to ask about our my, our good friend Chick who we see the return of yeah right. great. isn't he great and in, in, in fact next uh, episode is one of my favorite ones with him yes he's got a huge part in number yes in episode three is he friend or foe or somewhere in between I think you that'll that's kind of what the third episode is about in terms like Norman and him which is so funny because they only met for the first time in that you know pivotal scene way back at the end of season four when he kind of gets through to Norman and makes him realize that oh my mother's actually dead here on the couch um, and that's their sort of first <laughs> bizarre meeting um, and Chick just doesn't judge him yeah and he's, he kinda, he's, he's, like a kinda, he's just like this kind of dark dark lame poet I would describe mm. him as but he just kind of gets those like larger, darker, amoral things, and doesn't really phase him. No, and then it's and in, and sort of I guess the third episode, in some ways, starts to, you know, evaluate whether he's, to what extent he's using Norman um, or for something knows, else, or knows, or knows he's, he's using, using Norman, him. or genuinely cares about him and is trying to help him. Or whether he's doing that for his out of pure love, or whether there's an underlying sense of. I don't know manipulation about the way he wants Norman or to is he encouragement really, yes. into or is he towards really insanity too. That's the other thing. Like, does he really actually just want company? Because <laughs> he is. He's yeah. like a super isolated, lonely guy. Um, so that, it's just great because there's so many different levels and layers to him. Because um, he's crazy, but I don't know. Not unlike all people, I suppose. Right. <laughs> why do we do? Why do we do all the things we do? <laughs> like, what's our motivation? Why are we here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Romero, who's doing away in jail. And yes. he'll get out at some point, won't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. taunting him, I don't know, was such a good idea. You uh, know. No. Arrogance. He's going to go, let's I love, put Romero in his place. I love, the, I love the scenes between Norman and Romero. Yeah, when Norman... It's, a, it's sort of Norman pretending to be the man as much as he ever has and feeling <laughs> like if he, you know... He's going to go and really put him in his place. <laughs> How dare you try <laughs> to kill me? Just makes him seem weaker and weaker. Um, but yeah, that was... There's yeah. some really fun uh, stuff with Romero coming up. I hope he taunts him about the eyeliner. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, That's all. exactly. That's all. I know, it just you keep gets, using it that in prison. It's worse prison? than worse, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> How does he do it? How does he do it? He has like full on like cat eyes by the end of the season. All right, we should probably let you go. But give us how about this? Give us one word to describe the finale. One adjective. Ooh. 
that's mm. that's yeah. That's a stumper. Can two? Can he have one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Call you It's like a game show. Yeah, you're gonna tell me too. It's like a newlywed game now. I know. We get a talk show. We get a game show. I like it. Okay, well you can choose which one. Cathartic. I'm gonna say cathartic. You like it? Explosive. So cathartic and explosive. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Nice, nice. <laughs> right. and, and by the and way, romantic. And ro- yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I was trying to get more adjectives. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Well, the, the good news is, if you're ever feeling nostalgic, you can always just go straight to Universal Studios. They still have a they big motel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so, <laughs> so if we ever see Freddie, just like, you know, <laughs> when we're on the tram. Yeah. Just like, oh, just just like, it's just like, hey, I just missed it. That's <laughs> all. I got like a beach chair. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by Mike and Deb's morning talk show, otherwise known as our podcast. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you no, so much. Thank, thank you for having us fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next week with another great episode. We'll be talking to the executive producers of two fantastic FX series, Ryan Murphy, who created Feud, and Joe Weisberg and Joel Fields of The Americans. See you next week. 